Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music.
who it looks like are going to get those two spots again. But both of those teams got beat by teams that won the first weekend. The Padres beat the Mets and went on to win. Uh, Philadelphia won, and they went on to beat the Braves. So we'll see uh, what happens this year as well. That was not necessarily the case on the other side. So uh, this being second year, not very long since we were on with those formats. We'll see what happens there. So check them out, phiapparel.co, for all your Philly sports clothing needs. Use that promo code at Chefs, chefs at checkout. That's Chefs at checkout for 15% off. So check them out, and we appreciate them supporting uh, everything we do here at Sports City. Many thanks. Mucho agradecido, Philly Apparel. PHI Apparel, phiapparel.co. Promo code Chefs at checkout for 15% off. Now that we got that out the way, Waiting on Chandler, seeing some other chefs come by. But a couple of pieces of information. One, uh, Bray Wyatt, third-generation WWF star, son of Mike Rotunda, uh, died today. I don't know all the circumstances behind it. Unfortunate to see him pass. He's been on and off around 10 years in the WWE, uh, and he passed today. So I'm sure that's no, anybody had any idea that was coming. I think this is unforeseen. But as I said, I've yet to read up on all the exact logistics of this. But uh, rest in peace and to him and condolences and healing vibes to his family as they work on uh, coping with the loss of, of a family member and a loved one. So. Uh, thoughts go to them. Uh, the New York Yankees dropped another game to the Nationals today, continuing to struggle to get out of their own way. Are the Bronx Bombers? So we will see uh, what happens there. I'm hoping that we do get together in tonight because I know that. He wanted to say a couple things on the Yankees and the White Sox. So I'm going to give a few minutes to see if he comes in. A couple things to be updated, though. There's something else I'd like to get a little bit more into later, but the Angels general manager last night had two sobering announcements in that Shohei Otani is going to have to shut it down pitching for the rest of this year. He is very likely on his way to his second Tommy John surgery. We'll see what happens, but usually with a torn UCL, uh, that ends up being the end result. So we will see what happens there. But, yeah, Shohei Otani might have just lost out on a lot of money. Unfortunately, I – Nothing anybody necessarily did wrong. I don't think he was overworked or anything. Uh, but this is the second time. You only got so many bullets in the gun. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people come back from one Tommy John, and some people have come back from two, but maybe not necessarily with the same snap. We'll see. This guy's a hell of an athlete and has shown us things that we haven't really seen in baseball in a long time, uh, at least from the same player. 
So I'm impressed with the package. I, I just wonder if you consider relief for a little while. I don't know. You know, I think about a guy like John Smoltz, and I'm not saying they're the same guy. But after Smoltz, he had his second Tommy John surgery. He came back and worked in the pen for a while. And I think he was still, you know, he did come back and start a little bit uh, later for the Braves. He didn't know what he was going to be, and he pitched pretty well. And then he ended up leaving and going, you know, to a couple other places, spent a little time with St. Louis with Boston, and, and left, uh, worked his way back. But uh, John Smoltz was definitely a a dominant pitcher and a great pitcher for the Atlanta Braves for a long time. But after the second arm surgery, did come back, uh, did close for a while, and had a really good year too. Franchise record broke that and, and really had a fantastic year. Uh, one year as a closer. Uh, and then he was able to start a little bit more later in his career. But the road back is not as certain after the second Tommy John surgery as it is the first. So that being said, Shohei becoming a free agent after this season, I really feel like There's a couple of different ways to look at this. And so I want to elaborate on a couple of those. I could do this while I wait and see if any of my other, my co-host Chandler Knight's going to show up or if any of my other people come in, I can do this. But as uh, we get to that, call number 929-477-2759. Check us out here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. So there's three ways it can be looked at this really with Otani, and that is, he could try to sign a shorter deal, knowing that next year he's pretty much only going to be a hitter. Uh, the pitching comes when it comes, but that may be late next year, or sometimes they say it's that second year back. So maybe you don't count on him pitching, really, until 2025. which is what the New York Mets stated that they were building for. It's 2025. So maybe you do that. The other possibility, if you sign a shorter-term deal, maybe two years, maybe three, but if you sign a shorter-term deal, Shohei 28 now, 29 uh, you know, a couple of years, if he shows in 25, that he can still really pitch. Maybe get one other really big contract, four or five-year contract on the back end of that. Probably not much more than that. Maybe you do that. Uh, maybe a team like the Mets, who are planning to gear up more towards for 25. As they said as they were trading people off, they're more thinking about 25 than they are 24. Um, so if that's the case, maybe you see if you can stack the contract and maybe you invest a little bit more than some teams might. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers are going to throw, if he can't pitch until the following year, I don't know that they're going to throw the kind of money at him that ever thought that he might. So maybe he does need to expand 
his search a little beyond the West Coast. You know, when he first came over, he was sort of fascinated with the West Coast, and that's where he wanted to be. And he didn't want to play out East. So we will see. Um, and then the other angle or the other possibility is maybe he's more likely to resign with the Angels. Listen, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim know this guy as well as anybody. They've had him for a few years in their building. Uh, They've done right by him. And this year, even though it did not work out, this team tried to make an effort to win. Were they able to do so? It doesn't look like it. Especially when we get to the next piece of news that we're going to hit in a minute. So, but they they tried. They they went and got a Hunter Winslow. They tried to add some pieces that uh, could be surrounding Trout and tried to get Rendon back healthy. They made the trade for Logan O'Hobby last offseason, but they get Rendon, they try to go, I mean, they get Renfro, they try to go get a couple of other pitchers and some depth pieces to try to help them uh, this season. And then when they had some injuries on the infield and some other things, so, oh, Brandon Drury is another guy they went and got. Uh, they went and got Gio Urshela, uh, which those are both sneaky, pretty good uh, ball players, just to try to give them some quality, like really guys who can play multiple positions, kind of cover for a window if he's out. And now Urshela's out, so you're just still trying to figure it out t- together. you got a young shortstop who's shown some promise in Neto. But some of the guys have not really panned out for this team. Ohapi got hurt. Detmers has been kind of inconsistent. But the stuff is there. Detmers better than a strikeout per inning. Um, so the, the stuff is there for him for sure. But just looking at this team, so many injuries. And then the second one, the second piece of news is Mike Trout having to go back on the injured list. He came off saying he thought his team needed him, played one game at one for four, still complaining of uh, wrist soreness, though. So pretty much set out the no-hitter, I mean, the double-hitter yesterday. And then going back to the DL. Uh, Otani left his first start in the second inning because of arm tightness. Stays in the game, hits a home run, hits a ringing double in the second game even after the x-ray showed the torn UCL, comes back and hits the ball. So I think he's still part of the MVP in the league this year. Uh, But it sounds like from what I read today, they're going to kind of play it day-to-day, but he may be allowed to continue to hit. Um, I heard a take earlier today that somebody said, you go get the second opinion, but if Tommy John is necessary, Maybe you go ahead and get it done. And maybe that's what they do once they're mathematically eliminated from the playoff picture. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, listen, he's uh, 44, 45 home runs. I don't know if the power is going to be there. 
But there have not been many 50 home run seasons in baseball. Some, a handful. Uh, and even fewer have ever hit 60. So Otani has a chance to have some special offensive numbers uh, at the end of this season with the argument that he could have for somebody being, hey, listen, if I did everything before when they told me I should go and have the surgery, then even if I can't pitch next year, by the time the regular season starts, I can be, you know, four, five, six months on the other side of the surgery. So as I recover, I can at least still swing a bat. So, so we'll see. I think that's a story that Monarch is watching, but the three different angles that I think is he could take a short-term deal and bet on himself for a bigger deal in the next uh in the next couple of years, like once he comes back and shows that he can pitch, maybe he gets a bigger deal in a couple of years with a higher average salary. So maybe you try to sign for two or three right now and then see if you could come back and get four or five or something on the back end of that. And so we see the same movie again two or three years down the road. Uh, the second thing that I said about this contract thing or about this deal with Otani is maybe he needs to expand his search. Look beyond the East Coast. Uh, now, he's not only going to be a good fit for certain teams offensively. He's a good offensive player. But if he is your regular everyday DH, and there are some guys that are good enough to be that, and he is that. But when you have a regular everyday DH, you do not have the ability to rotate guys in and out of that DH position to give them a day off or to not have them in the lineup, unless you're going to give Otani that day off when you do that. I heard a lot of grumbling, for example, from Twins fans this year about, you know, Buxton not playing the field and always been at the DH. And when he does, it doesn't allow you to rotate other people in uh, in order to get some, uh, you know, get some rest, but keep their bat in the lineup. So, that is something to keep in mind, but maybe for next year at least, if he's just going to be a full-time DH. There are some guys that you don't mind giving that position to. David Ortiz, uh, Edgar Martinez, and listen, with what he's done in the last month or two, Marcelo Zuna uh, is another one. Uh, the average isn't always going to be there, and you can put him in the corner outfield sometimes, uh, but Kyle Schwarber. Is another one of those guys. Uh, J.D. Martinez is one of those guys for a while, even though he did play some outfield. Uh, but there are certain guys, Miguel Cabrera, that you don't mind giving the D.H. position to if that's what you need to do because they are that impactful with their bats in the lineup. Uh, and so Otani is one such dude that you don't mind if he's your exclusive D.H., maybe, uh, just because – his bat is that impactful, and you'd like to have him in there. So uh, that's my thought, really on on Shohei. So he might have to expand outside of the East Coast. May have to do, I mean, outside of the West Coast. May have to do a short-term contract and better himself to get back healthy to get an even higher average annual salary. And Third and lastly, it may increase the likelihood of him being able to re-sign with the Los Angeles Angels of Manhattan. 
I do think that this arm injury, especially if Tommy John is a result, may lower the asking price or may lower the bid that, that secures Shohei Otani. There's just so many questions with that second Tommy John surgery. Um, it's not a, a surefire comeback. And so I, the final price tag for Shohei is going to be significantly less, I believe, than if this had not happened, right? So that being said, looking at, at that, I still think he's going to get a very generous contract. And I still think that maybe it even pays off more another year down the line when you can get him back on the mound. But I do think there is some, there needs to be some consideration or some thought given to whether or not maybe he should come back as a closer when he comes back. He does have swing and miss type stuff. He does have the kind of things that can confuse the hitter. And, you know, what is his arm like? Can, is he the kind of guy that could throw multiple appearances in just an inning or so at a time? Uh, there is something to be said for lockdown closes in today's game. So I don't know. Maybe you try that for a little while when he first comes back and try to ease him back in and see what you got and what's in the tank. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. As for Trout going back on the DL, like this is kind of a freak thing. It's not his fault. Gets hit, breaks a bone. Uh, trying to get back healthy. And so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I, I just I think that if this team falls out of completely falls out of playoff contention, which they're close to doing, I don't expect them to rush Trout back either. I think you continue to play Nicky Moniak. I think you continue to play as many of these guys as you can to figure out who you want to be part of next year's roster, uh, and then. You make your run at Shohei and see how many other suitors and how many other people are also pushing to secure his services. I still think the number will be fairly significant. Maybe more teams than we think. And maybe the the number on this contract will be higher than we think, but I, it's definitely not going to be what it was. Um, and then you just put things back together. You got Trout under contract. So, you know, the Angels just need to continue to run these guys out here and see who they want to be part of their roster next season to get a better feel for what they need to do. This team does need to continue to develop depth as well. So maybe some of these players can play their way into possible trade talks somewhere. We'll see. Uh, but the – they got Logan O'Hoppy back. He can continue to get some experience. And they just got to, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other. We'll see. Uh, but the Angels have clearly dropped to fourth place in that division. Uh, the distance, the margin is widening between them and the top three. And then you got three teams right there in the midst of that race, and it's tight. Um, Texas struggling some now. I think with a manager who has such a steady hand, uh, they'll bounce back. I just read something today that said he went back in the locker room after the game and even took the blame on it, took it off the guy and said, hey, guys, this one's on me. So, 
you know, that gets the respect of his players. They appreciate hearing that. So I expect uh, Bruce Bochy and Texas to get things turned around. You got Houston, who obviously perennial contender right there. And then Seattle has been really, really hot lately. They dropped a game yesterday, but Seattle has been really hot lately as well. So getting right back in that race. I think there's a legit shot that all three of those teams could make the playoffs. We get six. The Minnesota Twins are coming out of the Central Division. And then right now, Tampa and Baltimore are both leading above the two teams at the top in the AL East division leader and top wildcard team right now are those two squads. Uh, both of those teams have some question marks in their pitching. We'll see if Toronto is able to run either one of those teams down. If there's a team, if one of the three teams in the do not make it, it will be because Toronto does. Uh, you know, Boston's still on the outside looking in with an outside shot, but I would say not very likely. I think that really in the American League, you got seven teams competing for six spots in the playoffs. I think we pretty much got it narrowed down to that point. You can watch the two divisions in the American League East and the American League West. The winner of each division joins Minnesota who's going to get in with by far the worst record of the two division winners. So those are your three locks. And then you're going to have two teams in the Eastern division. And we'll say right now, Tampa and Baltimore wins the division, but the Tampa Baltimore loser in that division race in Toronto competing with whichever one between Texas, Houston and Seattle doesn't win the, doesn't win the West. So you got those four teams competing for three spots. And that's pretty much the story of the American League. Everybody else in the AL Central has fallen off. Question is, can Detroit catch Cleveland? Uh, The White Sox are a clear fourth place. Kansas City at the bottom. The Angels are a clear fourth place with Oakland at the bottom in the West, and then in the American League East. Right now, Boston's a clear fourth place. They could get hot, but they have a really tough stretch of games with Houston, and they they got a run right now against some really good teams. So let's see what Boston does in the next couple weeks. If they stay hot, then maybe they become an eighth team pushing for these six spots uh, in the playoffs. But I don't feel really confident in the Boston Red Sox right now. Uh, so they're clear-cut fourth right now. The Yankees, bottom team in that division, can they recover and catch the Red Sox? But I think catching the Red Sox is about as far as the Yankees are going to be able to go uh, this season. So the American League, seven teams competing for six spots, and that's pretty much what we have. Now, the National League is a whole other thing. I think we can count the Braves and Dodgers right now, barring an epic collapse. Those are going to be your top two seeds. And then everything goes nuts. So we have four more playoff spots. 
the winner of the Central, and there's three teams right there in that race, all bunched together. Um, Milwaukee's out in front right now. Let's say they win it. So now there's your three spots, and then you got three wild cards. Right now, Philly's in good shape for one. Right now, Chicago would get the second one. And if the playoffs started today, the third wild card would belong to the Cincinnati Reds. So if the play, if the season ended today, you would have three teams from the National League Central of all divisions, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, all in the playoffs. And then on the other side, you would have the Phillies and the Braves coming out of the East and the Dodgers out of the West. Those would be your six. Now, not far behind, the Diamondbacks are half game back. The Giants are half game back. The Marlins are close as well. So those are three that are right there. I think the Padres have fallen out. So with the Padres gone, basically we have nine teams competing for six spots. Uh, Your seven teams that are pretty much eliminated in the National League are the Rockies. I'm going to say the Padres are done now, so let's write them off. They're done. There's two. The Cardinals and the Pirates, those guys are done. So there's four that are the Cardinals, Pirates. You can write those guys off. And then you can also write off the Mets and the Nationals. So that's six that we've written off. That means we got ten teams. We have the six playoff spots. And then we have, like I said, those three teams from the Central Division right there. And then the other teams that are right there are the Giants. The Diamondbacks um, and the Marlins are right there. So that gives us two teams. uh, Oh, we have 15 teams. So we eliminate uh, basically uh, two teams from each division. We are riding off, and that is the Mets and Nationals, the Cardinals and the Pirates, and the Padres are now – Officially written off in my book. They can prove me wrong, but they're officially written off in my book with the Rockies. So 60% of the league still has a chance to grab a playoff spot. Nine teams competing for six spots in the National League. So what this says is nine teams there, seven teams there, 16 out of 30 are still in contention right now, strong contention. For the playoffs. So as we come close to the end of the month of August, today, August 24th, we have one week left in this month, over half of Major League Baseball is still legitimately in contention for a playoff spot and a seat at the postseason table. I think that's exciting and good for the game. I think that that keeps a lot of fan bases engaged and interested and even some of the teams that are not have the ability to play spoiler. The Mets were hot. Uh, after beating the Braves 
in game one of that series. That puts them, they were like eight out of their last ten or something. Uh, the Braves beat them in game two and then shut them out yesterday to close out the series. And now the Braves are going on a very, very interesting road trip as they go to a uh, pretty long one. They go to San Francisco, and then I think they hit Colorado, and then they go uh, at the end of that trip to the Dodgers for a three-game series, which could be a preview of the National League Championship Series. So uh, the Atlanta Braves playing the Giants this weekend. They just took two out of three from them last weekend in Atlanta. And now they turn around and go to the Dodgers the following weekend. So Atlanta to Chavez Ravine. The Dodgers whooped up on them pretty good when the Dodgers came to Atlanta earlier this season. So we'll see if the Braves can return the favor or if the Dodgers can claim the season series over the Braves. Remember, the Dodgers are within four games right now of the Braves. As down as they were, and the fact that they were in second place a lot of this season, I've talked about this organization a good bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers have definitely climbed back into this race and are going to be heard from uh, in the postseason. And this is a thing that I still believe, and I've said this before, if you're going to get this team, now's the year to get them. They have their anchors that they're comfortable with, and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, they're – the guy that they thought would be their starting shortstop uh, got hurt in spring training and Gavin Lux. So looking at that, this team had to kind of fill some spots. They had to put Miguel Rojas at shortstop. They've gone and gotten Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez at the deadline to give them some depth in the middle infield. Uh, Max Muncy's hit 30 home runs for them. Uh, the guy that they tagged as their second baseman, Miguel Vargas, did not work out. Uh, Mookie Betts has played a lot there, which has allowed the veteran outfielders that they went and got in the offseason, David Peralta and Jason Hayward, to play more in that outfield. Uh, James Outman has really solidified himself as a presence in offensively and defensively. They've had some other guys play around them, but James Outman is pretty much playing on a regular daily basis for this team. Uh and then J.D. Martinez recently to the I.L., but J.D. Martinez, another veteran guy who they got pretty much on the cheap. Uh, a lot of teams could have acquired J.D. Martinez going into this season. Uh, the Dodgers saw something they liked, thought there was still something in the tank. And usually if the Dodgers believe they can get something out of you, they can. So uh, nice job by this organization. But they have not taken the bait and spent money. Uh, listen, Trey Turner is coming around, but he's been very disappointing most of this season. Uh, they did spend the money on Freddie Freeman, though, the year before. So I think they're picking their spots. I expect them to make a run at Shohei Otani. Uh, I think they'll make a run at some other free agents over the next couple of seasons to solidify things. They got the young pitcher, Bobby Miller. They've had some other young guys like Donnie DeLuca and uh, Michael Bush got a call up to play some second base. Uh, so we've started, you know, like I said, Miguel Vargas got a chance for a while early in the season. So we've started to see some of these young guys, and they're starting to give these guys some looks to figure out who they believe truly has the ability or the opportunity to be part of their future. Uh, the Dodgers will not go many years in a row without spending some serious money in the free agent pool. Uh, 
I I think though that with some of the offensive pieces, maybe they go get another bat. But I think the Dodgers are going to invest in pitching over the next couple of seasons. You hope to get Walker Bueller back. You hope you can get Dustin May back, but you don't know for sure what's going on there. Uh, he's got an electric arm, so you hope you can get him back. Uh, you know, Kershaw is in the twilight of his career. Julio uh, Urias is still young. I think he has the ability to be good for a long time. Uh, you know, Bobby Miller has emerged as a ridiculously good starting pitcher with filthy stuff. He's got a few games where he hasn't been so great, but other games where he's looked really dominant. So, uh, Bobby Miller is definitely has a live, live arm and could be a very productive, far above average major league pitcher, maybe even a legitimate ace in his career. So they are really taking a lot of time to evaluate their young talent. And I strongly believe that over the next couple of years, uh, the Dodgers will make some moves to uh, strengthen their or reinforce their uh, their stronghold in the National League West. So Dodgers and Braves in a series next weekend. There's a big four-game series going on today as well. Starting in the desert where the Cincinnati Reds are playing the Arizona Diamondbacks in a four-game set that could have some serious postseason implications. And if they split, they kind of come out still the same. But right now, the Reds are in possession of that third and final wild card spot. Diamondbacks only half a game back. Uh, Giants right there as well as we talked about. So a uh, big series this weekend between the Reds and the Diamondbacks. You know, the Diamondbacks really took advantage last weekend. You know, they moved the Sunday games up due to the storm coming in and going into Saturday, the Diamondbacks were one were three games up on the Padres in the standings. Padres had closed it to within two a couple of different times. The D backs win one night, go up by three. They have a doubleheader on Saturday. The Padres win both of those. They close it to one. If they get a split it's still three. But nope. The Arizona Diamondbacks win both ends of the doubleheader last Saturday and go up by five on the Padres. That might be the stake in the heart. They could still bounce back, and the Diamondbacks have been struggling, but they look to have recovered a little bit uh, and have gotten off the mat. So we'll see what the Arizona Diamondbacks still have left in the tank. But that's a very interesting, intriguing series this weekend if you want to watch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Cincinnati Reds. So in today's day and time, there's a lot of talk around Neil, name, name, image, and likeness and all this. NCAA, though, has stepped in and has suspended Mason Smith, dominant defensive tackle from LSU, for one game for receiving an improper benefit uh, this is crazy. It goes on all the time in different places. But a one-game suspension, come on, bro. Like, in today's day and time, why are we even doing this? You suspending for a game against the top ten team, preseason, first game of the year, a game that had, could very much have some significant implications. So 
right. I want to know more. I want to know what what caused this and what the improper uh, benefit was, if it can be appealed or what's happening. He, um, so we'll keep you posted on that. But Mason Smith, star defensive tackle for LSU. So I think you will be hearing his name a good bit this year um, on the in the college football landscape if he is able to stay healthy. But Mason Smith has the opportunity to be a legit uh, first-round draft pick. He's that kind of special. And he's suspended for the first game of the year for LSU. So this weekend is week zero in college football. A few games this weekend uh, to at least take notice. Not a ton of games, but Notre Dame and Navy are playing in Ireland on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, I believe, is when that game kicks off. Um, Vanderbilt's playing Hawaii. A few other week zero games. Uh, happening this weekend, USC is playing like San Jose State. Caleb Williams, uh, defending Heisman Trophy winner, will be playing this weekend in week zero. And then college football gets kicked off for real uh, next weekend, nine days away from opening Saturday. LSU plays that Sunday. But seven days from now, there are a couple really intriguing uh, Thursday night games. One of them for me is. Florida versus Utah. Uh, Utah coming off Pac-12. Runner-up for Pac-12 championship and and a really good season last year. But they lost to Florida early in the season. And then some people really had a lot of high hopes for Anthony Richardson and Billy Napier's Florida Gators uh, after opening weekend last year, but they weren't able to – uh, keep that momentum going. As Florida lost several games last year, finished at 500, and then you come out and they even lost to Vanderbilt last year and allowed that streak of a lot of years to be broken. So a lot to prove by the Florida Gators, and they do not start weekly. Uh, they open next Thursday night against the University of Utah. So that's a game next Thursday night that I'll be keeping my eye on. Uh, the other thing to kind of keep an eye out for this weekend, last round of preseason games starting up this week. And then roster cuts have to be in by Tuesday of next week. Team's down to 53 players. And then you got a full week to get ready for games. It's actually two weeks from tonight, 14 days from tonight, that we have Detroit, Kansas City to kick off the 2023 NFL season. The following Sunday, full slate of games, including Saints versus Titans. Um, I think Cowboys and Giants play opening weekend. Um, so we'll be hitting those as we come closer. TP and I will pick the Thursday, the Sunday games on Sunday morning, on the time of Sunday morning brunch. Check us out, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Every Sunday morning, uh, TP, the head honcho himself, the man without him I wouldn't be here, hosts that show. Uh, I'm just happy to carry his knives uh, to be alongside. And then sometimes other people stop in, but we will go through starting next Sunday and pick games going on. I would expect uh, throughout the week, listening to our shows on Tuesday night, front office show or Wednesday night, we'll be picking the Thursday night games for you uh, as well throughout the week. So uh, check us out on the network. We got shows every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. NFL Front Office Show on Tuesday night. Callers Cookout on Wednesdays. 
and Roundtable Gumbo on Thursday nights with myself and Chandler Knight. Hopefully I'll have him back in the studio soon. I know he had a lot going on last week, and Chandler's had a lot. It's a lot happening in his life. But uh, check us out. I'm sure Chandler will be back with me as soon as he is able, and you guys will enjoy this show a lot more. When I have my co-host back in the building, two sets of hands are better than one, two minds are better than one, and Chandler and I feed off each other really well. So I look forward to having him back uh, in, stu- in studio with me again for Thursday Night Roundtable Gumbo Show very soon. And then, as I said, on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, the time of Sunday morning brunch, TP and I, bringing it to you where we lay the th- we recap what's going on over the weekend in sports. We'll start giving you scoreboard shows, scoreboards from our college football, everything else out for you. Talk about if there were fights and anything on Saturday night. So TP and I would like to recap what's going on over the weekend, set the table for you for what's going on, going to happen on that Sunday and Monday in the week to come. Talk about anything relevant in the sporting world. So join TP and myself on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time for the time of Sunday morning brunch and be part of what we got going on. Remember, SportsCityChefs.com. Got articles, got blogs up, got finger foods. We'll continue to have more things come out. Like any of our stuff, um, listen to any of our shows, subscribe to them so you don't miss an episode, and then you'll be notified anytime one of our shows drops. About four shows a week. We try not to overlap and bring you a wide variety of content. So p- please check us out and support us because without listeners, there would be not much point of us being here and putting the time into this. So much appreciation to anybody and everybody that listens to our show. And we look forward to having the villain back off vacation next week. Shout out to him. Shout out to Sirius. He did a nice job this week behind the ones and the twos. Not only hosting his NFL front office show, but also hosting the college cookout last night. Hopefully we'll have him back in on a Thursday night again soon. He always brings some spice as well. If you want to listen to any of our other shows this week, we talked in depth on Tuesday night about the Jonathan Taylor situation, about running backs in the league, covered a wide variety of topics on Tuesday. On Wednesday night, last night, we mentioned a little bit more that came up in the Jonathan Taylor situation. We talked about the James Harden deal. We went in depth in on the Yankees and the White Sox last night. So you can uh, check out last night's episode of the College Cookout with Sirius, TP, and myself, and also the front office show with the three of us. Uh, we did the NFL front office show. We did that on Tuesday night as well. So those are the shows that you will find out this week, and Timeless and I did the Sunday morning brunch, the Timeless Sunday morning brunch this past Sunday as well. So all three of those episodes, plus any other ones uh, in the past, are available through, our pod, through any podcast platforms, and then check us out again on uh, other news and notes really quick. Spain wins the fem- uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, the Little League World Series is happening right now. Keep an eye on that. We also talked a little bit more last night on the FIFA World Cup, United States. Uh, very underwhelming, disappointing performance, finishing seventh or eighth or whatever it was four years ago. Uh, they are the favorite after... Cool play. Anthony Edwards kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting for them, but Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram and Jared Jackson and a good set of young stars for Team USA uh, representing 
representing the red, white, and blue proud uh, right now on the world stage. They are the clear-cut favorite going into uh, the medal rounds of this tournament. So uh, good luck to Team USA. We'll be keeping you posted on them and FIFA World Cup action. I know some of that is being shown on ESPN and ESPN2. Some of the other games are shown on ESPN Plus as well. So you can get content uh, from the FIFA World Basketball World Cup, uh, Little League World Series, like I said, going on right now as well. The winner of the United States bracket will play the winner of the World Bracket in the championship uh, in the championship game. So keep an eye out for that as well. Lots of stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, basketball schedule starting to drop. Uh, we're starting to see. Get where it's almost time for predictions. Predictions around the NFL. Predictions around college football. Um, I got something I'm telling you about to write up uh, on college football that's going to be coming out by the end of this week. Uh, Barry's been on me about it, and justifiably so. Just had a lot, a lot of trouble figuring out exactly what direction I wanted to go, but I think we about got this ready to go uh, pretty soon. So uh, we'll try to get that out there into the uh, into the blog so you can check it out on sportscitychefs.com uh, very, very soon. So stay tuned to everything we got going on. Support our sponsor, phiapparel.co. Check out any of our shows, like any of our content. Shout out to TP Timeless. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Shout out to Chandler Knight, my co-host. He always tells you, remember, if you just need somebody to talk to, you're feeling down or just feel a little alone, uh, remember, there's a crisis hotline. Call a veteran. I call anybody. Uh, just make sure you talk to somebody. Don't uh, just sit and suffer in silence. Uh, if you're a veteran, people ask you to get out and go do something. Say yes. It becomes easier to do the next time. Uh, you know, Chandler has spoke glowingly of his interactions with other veterans and what that has meant to him. People that he feels like he can relate to on a different level than others. So uh, follow that example, man. Say yes to people if they ask you to go out. There's a VA group, a support group, or a chance group activity. Get involved. Get out the house. Uh, form connections. Make memories with people. Uh, so please take those words to heart and and get involved and take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves to you. Uh, on that note, also a quick shout-out to Villain. Look forward to having you back next week. Serious, all the uh, help that you give. Uh, big ups to you, my guy. Serious. A uh, cool note, Sirius was telling us today that he got to meet the legend himself, Doug Williams, alumni of Graham State University, former coach there, but first ever black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Um, Sirius has been putting in work around FedEx Field, but he got to meet Doug Williams, the legend, today. So uh, shout out for that, for that memory, for that moment that you will cherish with you forever, my friend. And very proud to have you that you shared that with us. Uh, shout out to Controversy James Greenwood as well. Shout out to other chefs, uh, Mr. Dave Jett, who did baseball buffet with me for a while. Uh, still part of our group, has written a couple articles lately. Uh, shout out to him as well and Nate Law, who also did this with me, uh, baseball buffet with us as well. Uh, shout out to him. Any other chefs that have contributed. I even go as far as to reach out for uh, Eric on the West Coast, 49ers fan. Uh, so many different guys that have contributed to uh, Sports City Chefs for all these years, well before I've been a part of this. 
but I've been a couple of years now and continuing to rock with the group, so I'm very proud to be part of the Sports City Chefs family and everything that we have going on. Uh, let's see, what else do I have before we sign out of here? Oh, this coming up Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern time is when our draft starts. We come on air at 9, as regular. But 9.30 Eastern time, if you want to uh, check us out, we are having our first ever and what will be our annual Sports City Chefs Fantasy Football League. Uh, a lot of the guys on this network that you hear from on a regular basis, Sirius, Dylan, TP, Controversy, myself, Dave Jett, a lot of us, we got a, a full Fantasy Football League. We are going to draft live on air, a lot of trash talk, ripping on uh, each other for sniping our guys. Uh, we'll probably share what we were thinking, what we were not thinking, where we messed up as we go through the draft. So we will have some live analysis by either guys uh, talking about what they think of picks, but also you'll hear insight from the different managers as they pick their team, sharing their thoughts with you and what they think about uh, the teams they have put together. And just like regular football, you know, in fantasy football, everybody's undefeated right after the draft. Everybody feels excited with what they have, but only one person walks away, a clear winner. So uh, check us out. Next, this coming up Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time is when the draft starts. We'll probably be on air at 9, probably setting the table, telling you draft positions, all that good stuff. So be a part of what we have going on and uh, check us out. And any of our shows, like I said before, can be archived. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. We have not done this before, so uh, we're all excited to bring this to you. And we're all excited to compete against each other in a fun uh, fantasy football league. And don't forget about best ball out there as well. If you don't feel like paying as much attention, you can make some waiver pickups throughout the year, uh, but no trades or whatever. And uh, if you don't feel like having to be as deeply involved, Check out a best ball league if you want to. Less roster management. You don't have to make the tough decisions on who to start and sit every Sunday. You just uh, draft it, set it, and forget it. Um, and they will, the best ball format will basically uh, pick your guys that have performed best that week and plug in those point totals for you. Um, so on different sites, there are uh, some cool uh, promos there, some cool cash contests. I know, like, on one site, like, underdogs, it's up to $3 million, the final prize or something. So uh, if you want to do that, play some best ball, not as much uh, management required, but still a possibility of winning some cash if you want to do that. So uh, check that out as well. Also, I saw one thing today. This is the last thing I'm going to close with, you guys. Anybody that has Verizon – or uh, purchases a new phone or switches to Verizon, I think a new customer promotion right now is giving away uh, the NFL Sunday ticket through YouTube TV. So if you become a new Verizon wireless subscriber and get a new phone through them, uh, you have the ability to score NFL Sunday ticket, which is used to be DirecTV's property, is YouTube TV's property this year. Uh, Google won it, put it on their YouTube TV platform. Uh, you can get the NFL Sunday ticket through YouTube TV, even if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber. It does cost more, but you can get it if you choose to. They also have a Red Zone channel as well. 
So these things can be purchased even if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber. But if you switch to Verizon soon, uh, they are running a promotion where you can have the NFL Sunday ticket and get live coverage of blackouts of all the NFL teams, all the games around the league this season. You can get that for free if you become a Verizon subscriber. So I think that covers everything we want to do. Uh, Sports City, giving you guys an hour. You guys listened to me ramble for a long time tonight. I definitely appreciate anybody that takes the time to listen and be part of what we're doing on the network. Uh, shout out to PHI Apparel one more time, phiapparel.co, promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. Also, shout out to all the chefs again. Shout out to all of our shows. Make sure you're part of, part of what we do. Like and subscribe, man. Uh, look forward to doing the time of Sunday morning brunch on Sunday with Timeless at 11 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday. Have a full slate of shows coming at you next week as the villains back off of vacation. We'll have that fantasy football draft live on Tuesday night. Cars cook out again on Wednesday. And as always, back at you on opening night of week one of college football uh, next Thursday. We will be back here, though, with Roundtable Gumbo. Hopefully I have Mr. Knight back in the saddle with me alongside on Thursday night of next week. But in the meantime and in between time and until next time, and as TP would always say, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. We out of here. Peace.